Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There once was an idea. No, it's not Nick Fury talking about the formation of the Avengers. It's your good buddy, Remzo, letting you know that this is a special episode we're airing on the public feed to let you know about all the awesome stuff we have over at the Second Print Comics Patreon. We've got Remzo Rants. We have What Mark Missed. We have so many bonus shows. We have calls of listeners. We have... Uh, graphic novel giveaways. We have opportunities for you to even produce an episode of the show. And we even get together for moments like this with our buddy Caleb Franz, where Mark and Caleb and I go ahead and discuss all the spoilery fun that came in the giant package that was the epic, monumental Spider-Man No Way Home. So if you like this episode and you want to go ahead and get more content on top of the regular show every Wednesday, go ahead and consider subscribing for as little as $5 a month to patreon.com slash secondprintpod. But to sweeten the deal even more, what Mark and I have agreed to do is for anyone that signs up at an annual level, which means you go ahead and pay it once for an entire year's worth of access, we're going to go ahead and give you two months free. That means at any level you sign up for an annual membership rate, you will get two months free. All this and more is available at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. All right. You've been waiting for it. You've been asking for it. Literally, at least a few of you have been asking for it. It is our, you already heard a non-spoiler version of this from yours truly, but it is now our spoiler Spider-Man No Way Home review. And I've got a, a camaraderie of comrades with me. Is that a thing? I don't know. Whatever. Remzo. Comrades, compatriots, yes, allies. As well as our good friend Caleb France as well. How's it going, everyone? And uh, we have all seen this movie. I think we've all seen it once. Has anybody seen it twice yet? I'm, su- I'm surprised. Rem's always going to beat me to twice. I'm pretty sure of that. It's happening tonight. I, I've seen it once, but, uh, but once was enough. <laughs> that almost sounds like a bad review, but I, I know you didn't. No, 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 not at all. Uh, it's, it was enough to sustain me. I literally His spirit is full. I'm drinking yeah. this El Pomar cider because it's because Remzo and I were originally going to record our um, our uh, awards episode today. So we postponed it. So I'll still have more. Don't worry. But I'm drinking it anyway because I bought it. And it's it's because because champagne is so expensive in Mexico. Literally, actual champagne would be about seventy five dollars. This is seventy seven pesos, about less than four dollars. So that's what I'm up to. 
I got some sparkling cider from Costco that's waiting for me in Wisconsin. Nice. Yeah. Well, because I'm exciting like that. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> shall we get right into this film? Um, I, I, I would say this film kind of, um, you can kind of divide it in three acts because act one was kind of just cleaning up uh, Far From Home. It was uh, really just uh, really literally picking up where Far From Home post credits picked off with J. Jonah Jameson uh, revealing Spider-Man's entity as revealed by Mysterio and all of this uh, craziness henceforth. So I'll let either of you guys take it from there. What were your just initial thoughts, just how this movie started like right from the get-go, literally the moment that we ended off from Far, uh, far From Home? Caleb, you've been text bombing me of all the Easter eggs and things I've missed and didn't understand since you saw it. So I feel like you should spill your guts now. I, I, uh, I really liked the, the pacing of the film. Uh, this thing kicks off and you are straight into it. There's no waiting around. Uh, there's no, there's no buildup. Uh, you are, right where we left off at the end of, uh, at the end of far from home. And, uh, I think that was, that was a very smart move. Uh, they did not really waste a whole lot of time getting around, you know, they, they didn't try to beat around the bush really at any point of, of the film. Um, once they stopped with one, uh, plot line, they, they went right into it with the next. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I, personally really enjoyed uh, far from home. So it was kind of nice to see some of those, those uh, plot lines that we left off on <clears throat> kind of tied up a little bit um, at, in a, in a nice little bow uh, there towards the end. Uh, and uh, yeah. And then all the, all the juicy stuff starts happening. So listen, I feel like we just need to take the condom off and get straight to it. We got Toby and Andrew. We yes. got Toby and Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we did. That was, uh, that was wonderful. I, I actually, so I, I, I must say, I mean, you know, the, the McGuire films, I, I think are, are wonderful, uh, wonderful movies, but I really enjoyed, uh, Andrew's performance a lot in this film. I thought he, he felt like this was like the second chance that he didn't think he was getting and he delivered in everything that he was in. I totally agree. And I haven't even fully seen both of the amazing Spider-Man films. I've seen, chunks, (laughs) I've seen chunks of both and they were fine and he was okay. But I mean, this is the best, this is, I thought his performance in this was far superior to either in either of those films. And I just, I don't know. It really is interesting because I think there was such a huge fan response, of course, to Andrew and Toby and we all expected Toby, but I, I, there's already like a lot of buzz for Andrew Garfield around this too. And it's interesting because with the multiverse, they could choose to do stuff with any or all of these guys if they wanted to. I mean, I, w- I would personally love to see a, um, a Toby Maguire, like, like old man, old man, Toby kind of style film, like just of an older Spider-Man kind of thing. Old man or, Parker. Yeah. Or anything. I mean, I'm open to anything at this point. Cause I, frankly, I like all three of them and, and the chemistry together, it almost, I mean, I don't want to drive the thing into the ground, but I, I mean, heck I, I could, I could go for a full on spider verse movie movie where we see them and, you know, live action, Nick, Nick Cage, a Spider-Man war, bring it, bring it all to me because I will enjoy it. This was one of those situations where like the fan theories, everyone kept saying Feige was saying it. Even, uh, even Holland was saying it. 
they were saying that the fan theories are going to leave some people disappointed at the time. It was almost like this veiled threat of be careful what you wish for, because you might not get what you wanted. But this is one of those cases where almost every fan theory online, even before the substantial leaks came out showed we're not only getting all of the previous Spider-Man villains from the Sony era, but now we're getting Andrew and Toby. And what I liked about Toby, and, yeah. and Charlie Cox, and Charlie, oh my gosh, the Daredevil! Yeah. It was so hard for me that. recording uh, when I was recording Hawkeye season five with Andrew, uh, with Andrew, with Caleb, uh, and he was saying, "Oh, this is." And when Kingpin appeared, he's like, "This is technically the first, um, you know, the first MCU uh, Daredevil or, or Netflix MCU character to uh, you know to hop over to the MCU." And I'm thinking, well, it depends on when you saw when he, when you saw <laughs> Spider Man No Way Home because I, for I me, still stand out, by that statement. But it's <laughs> like they actually came out like the same moment in in Mexico, actually. But yeah, close. well. Close either way i i I love seeing even him in there but i mean what what i love most about andrew and toby was the fact that they were almost satire versions of themselves i mean we got toby's infamous back pain we had hilarious oh my gosh that was so funny we had andrew making fun of you know fighting the guy in the rhino suit and max Mm -hmm. falling into a vat of electric eels and it almost it's almost one of those moments where it's like you know for for andrew it was one of those moments where he could really just be fun and really feel like the Spider-Man he was meant to be, especially towards the end of amazing Spider-Man two, because those films uh, originally Avi Arad was billing them as the dark Knight versions of Spider-Man. So for the super dark version of Spider-Man to now be cracking jokes like this, it was one of those moments where it's like, this is the Spider-Man from Andrew Garfield. We had wanted to see the entire time. Yeah, the Dark Knight works for 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 Batman because it's Batman, <laughs> not because it's Spider Man. Uh, and Spider Man works for a completely different reason, and those reasons were very thoroughly showcased uh, in in No Way Home. Yeah, yeah and I mean, with this film, it it was not a it was not the jolly golly gee spider-man we got from homecoming and even far from home my, my criticism of the holland era of spider-man films has been that either he wasn't spider-man enough or the tone of the stories wasn't respectful to the character of spider-man whereas this film it, it ended kind of well it ended very tragically the death of aunt may everyone forgetting who peter parker was like the story is far from a happy ending but you could have a dark, serious story without making everything just so melodramatic. And that was the criticism that people had of Garfield at the time. They're like, this isn't like a Peter Parker we know. This is like some type of like emo nerd kid who's hanging out at like, you know, Hot Topic or something. In this, he was great. In this, he seemed like a, what Peter Parker should be. Uh, jokey, goofy, intelligent, all of the above. Um, and man, the chemistry between the three of them was just, just totally off the charts. Uh, what, what did you think of how they did end up homaging the, the Spider-Man meme? They didn't do it as Spider-Man. They ended up doing it <laughs> in, the, in the lab. <laughs> they're all pointing to each other when Ned is calling for Parker. He's like, Peter. He's like, Peter Parker. Peter, uh, this Peter Parker. <laughs> Me, who? You? No, you. I, so so I, I, I think, you know, they they really could have run a trap of doing the the rise of skywalker thing where it was just nothing but fan service and it was all cheap uh and just just supplemented uh for for a good film 
Um, but they didn't, this very much felt like everything that, that they did, even some of the, like some of the memes that they included and, and some of the jokes and everything like that, it felt like it was written by a fan. It felt like it was written as a love letter to, to Stanley and to, and to Steve Ditko. Uh, and in my opinion, that's, that's, that's how you do a movie like this, right? What do you guys think of the use of, of the villains in this in this film and and just kind of like the reasoning for for them coming over? Obviously, whenever we, we deal with a movie like this, whether it's time travel and adventures, uh, Endgame or what have you, we have to have a little because comics and just let let some things go. But what did you just think of how the whole thing went down with uh, Peter sort of messing up Doctor Strange's spell, which Wong certainly did warn him. The actual sor- source of supreme si- tangent. What did you guys think of the interesting reveal that Wong has actually been the source of supreme this whole time? Said so not this I whole time, it- but since since the blip. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense why he played such a such a strange cameo in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, because, you know, for him to be in the, you know, in like the the fight club in the middle of the film, like that was like that was just cheesy and fun. But at the end of the film, when he's the one, you know, pulling in Shang-Chi and talking to like, yeah, and he's talking to, you know, Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner like that just seemed kind of off. Now, at the time, I thought maybe he's doing something. Maybe he's doing this because Dr. Strange is off. But I mean, what this is really showing, and I think this film in many ways, and it's so weird because the release schedule for Marvel Phase 4 was all over the place with stuff. This is still showing you that the impact of the blip matters, and for that to happen, it makes sense, especially when you look at the fact that this in chronologically is like the the end of. So if, if Far From Home was the end with the prologue of phase three, this should have technically be the first chapter of phase four. I, so for this to speaking, yeah, sort of. I mean, I think this yeah. and well, WandaVision took place. This movie started off right after the end of No Way Home, which like took place immediately, which took, but I think WandaVision takes place before anything, chronologically speaking, because that's only, they, they established that's three weeks after the blip. So I think that's the actual first thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're still talking like the, the moments, the days coming to that. So I, I think I, I them think, still showing the blip matters is yeah, still yeah. one of those things where it's like, okay, like let's, let's, let's still remember there are repercussions for everything that has occurred. I think, you know, with, with the, uh, just the nature of how like outlandish and ridiculous some of these plot points and, and storylines could become, obviously there's going to have some, some plot holes here and there uh, sprinkled throughout. So, and, and I think Mark and I were, talking about uh, one or two uh, earlier over Twitter, but you know, I, for, for me, honestly, like those weren't detracting for me. Uh, it all still really worked really well. Um, and some, some personal highlights. I mean, obviously I, uh, we've, we've gone long enough without talking about it, but Willem Dafoe is Amazing. just the absolute freaking king mode. of, of, of Marvel villains. And he nobody will ever Oscar, be able to, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, like that was that was fantastic. Um, I, I thought that his was the only one who had a, a perfect performance in his original outing, and this elevated it. Uh, whereas the other ones either didn't have a perfect performance in their original outing or this didn't elevate their, like I enjoyed uh, Doc Ock in it. Uh, it's always great to see Alfred Molina. 
but I didn't feel like uh, his was nearly as fleshed out as much as it was in the original Spider-Man 2. Um, whereas with, with, with Goblin, it was like they put time and effort and energy into every single scene. And I was also very impressed with, um, with, with Jamie Foxx, uh, in this too. I'm just happy they gave him a proper hairline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, that was good to see. I'm glad he wasn't blue as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he he actually uh, brought some, some good acting chops to this, which isn't surprising because he's a great actor. Um, but it's, it's a great progression to see for, for his character specifically. My, my only criticism and, you know, I, I I don't want to suffer from my recency bias, especially since I'm going to go see it a second time. But I I think my, my one criticism from even before I saw the film still kind of stands. And I think the end of the film where, you know, basically as somebody put it, I think it was on a, the nerdist.com. They said, Spider-Man ends at the beginning. Um, my my criticism of him always being Iron Boy Jr., I think the fact that he encountered all his greatest villains who were basically other Spider-Man villains, it did kind of water it down a bit. But I think, and, and this is, I know this might be off-putting to some people, by having Goblin kill Aunt May, it made it real. It wasn't like he was just, you know, fighting alternate versions. It's like, no, this will forever be the Green Goblin mm-hmm. who yeah. killed Aunt May. Yeah, it, that it becomes real. Like the veil is broken at that point. Yeah, so Lorenzo, I think I think know. we were talking. Uh, I think we were talking about this earlier. Uh, whenever, uh, shortly after we both saw it, um, like at two in the morning. Like I, I can't think of. Like I, I have been long thinking. Like, oh man, who's going to play play Norman in the MCU? But after that, like. I have no idea how you can even try to top that. No. Oh, I mean, we, we were, we were sure discussing if they sure bring him in, attempt, it must be Willem Dafoe. It must yeah, be Willem yeah, Dafoe. It has because to they, be. I mean, they, they established that there's no Oscorp in the MCU, <laughs> but there could still be a Norman Osborn who's Which doing some other have, shit. He may be a scientist of sorts. That, Who but, knows? You know. well, let's hear your thoughts about that. Well, I, I mean, like, just because there's no Oscorp currently in the MCU does not mean that there never has been. Uh, it's very possible that Stark Industries could have put them out of business like back in the nineties or something before or you could even uh, have it where there's this rich guy, Norman. Well, no, cause he probably would have found Norman Osborn probably can't be famous for that to work with the story. Right. Film. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking something along the lines of if they wanted to sort of retcon that line a little bit, um, it would be something along the lines of it went out of business. And then if they wanted to bring it back, he's restarting the company uh, in in the 21st century to talk about, uh, I don't know, energy or something. And so I, I, I think, you know, I, and I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with that being a possible concept. The only reason why I don't want that to happen is because I don't want it to diminish the importance that these villains had on him. Mm-hmm. Because really the only other big Spider-Man villain is Mysterio because yeah, Vulture played a big role. He, he was the main antagonist for homecoming, but let, let this be Holland's goblin. Let, let this be those versions of those characters. And, and even just for his own progression, especially since he's starting from what, you know, what I'll call stage one, Peter Parker being broke 
on his own and anonymous again. Like we've got so many opportunities for him to really go up against villains. We haven't even really seen on screen. Everyone's talking about him going up against venom and maybe teaming up with venom and Morbius at some point, but let me see hobgoblin. Let me see. You know, we, we know the scorpion got Ned that leads around. That's yeah. The hob- yeah. Hob- yeah. But, but I mean, we even yeah. saw, we even saw previews for scorpion, another rhino and Craven the hunter. And I think black cat coming through that void. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if that means that they were coming over or if it's a teaser for them being introduced into the MCU through the Sony verse. But I mean, it, it, it's at the point where Holland can really be his own Spider-Man. If anything, this film accomplished one thing. It stripped him of the Iron Man legacy. Yes. Now that's, I, I love the result of this movie because, and now we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but assuming they're doing more Tom Holland movies, um, I, I really like that. We could finally see him playing sort of a Spider-Man year one again, even though he's sort of been through all this uh, space, space saga stuff and, you know, world's world ending events. Um, uh, but I like the idea of him being almost back to being anonymous and it was a reset of sorts and it, it still just works with the MCU. Now we, we kind of have to gloss some things over with how, how it all works with how people remember certain events without rem- remembering Peter Parker, like why are Ned and, um, and MJ even friends? <laughs> like they were only friends because Peter Parker, but I can get past that stuff because I, I like that. It, I, there's so many ways they could go here. Uh, they could go t- to rekindling his romance with MJ um, or they could, you know, let let that be over because I mean by, by the end of No Way Home it really appeared that you know at that moment when Tom Holland um, Spider Man saw that that wound on MJ it reminded him like oh yeah she can get hurt being with me saw her and Ned going to MIT and said I I don't want to fuck up their lives anymore so maybe that's the end of them as at least in their current form although I I do think that there, there's just no way we're not seeing Ned turn into Hobgoblin especially after they tease it so hard <laughs> oh my gosh episodes. that was so blatant I, they tease yeah. it so hard but my best but he, friend died in my arms yeah after he tried to kill me <laughs> so heartbreaking Great franco reference but, i uh but I, even, I would i would love to see uh i would love to see uh felicia harding as as a potential love interest for him and and somewhere in the next trilogy he, that's something Peter, that we Peter almost got gone. in the amazing spider-man 2 but not not quite it was almost there and you know i i think it, it'd be time to kind of uh, look into that a little bit. Peter's had such a hard time. Give him Felicia. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Sony. You know what to give the guy. <laughs> he deserves it. Who would who would you cast? That's a tough one. Oh, that I don't know. I need a minute on that. Yeah, that I. I mean, like some of these, the the casting for for the for the MCU uh, Spider Man has been so. I mean, for the for the most part, it's been it's been really spot on and spectacular, but very different. And they have consistently gone with people that I would never expect them to go with. Both Natalie both Dormer. Good. Who's that? I'm sorry. Natalie Dormer played the blonde private who makes out with Steve Rogers in Captain America, the first Avenger. She was also in uh, Hunger Games, uh, Mockingjay part one and two. I've yeah. always been Natalie Dormer fan. I think she's only a few years older than Tom, but I've, I've always been like, they need to bring her back in the MCU. The MCU has a track record of recasting smaller characters in larger roles. We even saw that with uh, Gemma Chan or Gemma Chang from Eternals who played Dr. Mm-hmm. Minerva mm-hmm. in Captain Marvel. So I think, and, and I mean, Mahershala Ali was Cottonmouth in, in season one of Luke Cage, and now he's Blade. So, yeah, I don't think anyone really remembers her that much in the first Avengers. 
she was only in the throwaway scene. So I think Natalie Dormer as Black Cat would be my absolute fan casting right there. I could roll with that. Um, do you guys think we're going to see Ned though as Hobgoblin? Because they, he, they went as far to, he actually said, I will not, I promise I will never turn into a villain and, and like, and like you uh, die in your arms or something as long as we're still friends. And now they're no longer friends. So they, it seems almost like they've just blatantly said, all right. And, and now there's reports that Ned's lost weight and he's skinny and everything. I, I, we got to see Ned as Hobgoblin, right? I mean, it's possible. I feel like, or they just continue. I feel like I feel like they they put that in there just as like a like a little tease for the fans. But it wouldn't but, be. But the why first else time. call him Ned Leeds in the first place? If he be, wasn't, because yeah. Genki was a stupid name, and, and I think the one thing that <laughs> no, it, it was because yeah, that yeah. character is is Genki from Ultimate Spider Man, yeah. and that goes to another criticism. Everything that made Tom Holland's Spider Man awesome was taken from Miles Morales. That that was another issue I had. Like he's either Iron Boy Jr. or he's really just riffing off of Miles Morales because Miles is really a, a more 21st century Spider-Man. So down to his friends group and where he goes to school and everything about him, um, you know, they, they, when they called him Ned, I was like, I, I think it's just because they thought Genki was a stupid name. Which is... Pretty Which accurate. it is. I, mean, it no is offense yeah. I don't think we have any Gangies on our Patreon. Yeah. So I think we'll be no. okay. If here. we do one day, I love that name. It's special. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think, but yeah, Willem Dafoe, I think, had just not just the best appearance in this movie, just maybe one of the better movie villain appearances I've seen in a movie in a long, long time. I'm trying to. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people compare him, compare his goblin to like, this is what he is to the goblin, what Heath Ledger is to the Joker. I was about like, to say, since Heath yeah. Ledger Joker, yeah. That's, yeah, like, the last like, one I can think of. It is so unbelievably, so like, I, I don't even know how you replace it. Um, you might find someone who's just as good. James Franco, different kind of role, uh, kind of like with what Joaquin did in in his Joker. But I, I always in, thought Matthew McConaughey would make a good Norman Osborn. Yeah, you know, I uh, I really like the idea of um, Michael Fassbender. Oh, I could see that. That would be crazy. I, 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 I'm just greedy, though. I lo- I'm longing for more Defoe Goblin. I mean, he was just so. I am too. Man. Yeah, he was. He was great. Maybe it would d- like, dilute the specialty of the moment, but. I don't care because I just want to yeah. see more of it because it was so, like put him in a thunder like in a MCU Thunderbolts. Oh my gosh! As the, as yeah. the, you know uh, what? If I, he, I just want the my guy dark behind, behind the Thunderbolts. You know, maybe he's the guy behind Val this whole time, and they could I, imagine I, I the reveal of William Avers, H. Uh, yeah, but imagine the reveal of Willem Dafoe as like in a you know turns around in the chair and he's the one that put together this Dark Avengers or Avengers or Thunderbolts or whatever whatever teams kind of you know being put together behind the scenes here. And do you think this is it, it's such a big task for them to do it for them to bring back any of those actors specifically? Do you think it would make the importance of this film lesser? No, no, no. not at all. No, I mean, um, it, no, <laughs> uh, especially so, especially with Defoe in particular, because he's not going to do something that is that that like i mean he was he was very adamant and he's he's uh stated this several times in the press tour about why he wanted to come back and because he told uh he told amy and and kevin and john like i'm not doing this just for a glorified cameo i'm doing this because it's the character and i i'm going to like give it my all 
do all my all the physicality and and just bring it and i feel like if if it was ever an option for him to do it again he's going to do the same thing and Alfred Molina, meanwhile, has said he just does it for the money. <laughs> so either way, you can get either of them back. But uh, an interesting aspect, too, we also have Alfred Molina, Doc Ock, with a Stark reactor in some other universe. I mean, there, there are so many things they could go back to, if nothing more than in like a what-if type series. I mean, that's that's easy yeah. enough to bring okay, back so, to a so Doc I need... Ock, Stark reactor, uh, you know, what-if episode. I'd love to see just little tidbits taken and just showing us glimpses of these universes, which is what's, which is what's nice about the what-if, is that they don't need, they can just, they can almost do anything with that show just to show us a glimpse of something we'd like to see. So I, I've been bugging both of you about this, and many people have been confused by the repercussions of what happened in this film, how it affects the Loki series, how all of that has got ended up in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I finally figured it out as to why this film could work and not mess up the, the MCU canon version of how the multiverse and time travel works. That's With here. Loki... And even going back to Avengers Endgame, what happened was they went back into they, they went back in time. And the problem was, was that they were going back in the time stream and they were trying to alter events that already happened. So that could still that, that could still be the case. And that means that all the rules for time travel and Loki still matter. That's why if all the variants of Loki, they, you know, that, that were in like that Elseworld place where they were all trapped. That's why, you know, when they were there, they weren't there just because they were variants. They were there because they were variants who went off the course. That's what caused their nexus well, events. In theory, then each of these villains that was cured and sent back to their universe should be, should be creating a new variant timeline of that universe yes. because that, because now they're a different thing than they were at that moment that they got snapped away or pulled away or whatever. Yes, because not because people were wondering, well, if it's like X-Men Days of Future Past, where it's going to go ahead and create new timelines where like Spider-Man 2 and 3 don't happen, or because of the events of Spider-Man 1, the events of Spider-Man 2 don't happen, everything, that's not going to happen because time because you can't change the past. Right. They've been very clear about that. The past is the past. You can't change Everything it. happened that happened. But what this has done is this, this is what caused that giant Nexus event. So I don't know how it's going to layer on top of Loki. They've been doing a bunch of reshoots and stuff for multiverse of madness and everything. So they're going to make sense of it. That's going to be the next point where like the new Canon concept of how the multiverse and time travel works is, uh, is done. But basically by him curing the villains and sending them back and everything, it has not changed the future. It has only created parallel multiverses and how else multiverse. Yeah. yeah, How else could they have known? Because nobody knew about that. It took Loki having to figure it out through the TVA to figure it out. But uh, as far as they are concerned, you know, Dr. Strange wasn't there for the invention of time travel. He was dust just like Peter and Tony Stark is dead and everyone else is gone. Nobody's going to tell them how these rules work. Yeah, I I think um, I, I think uh, every time there's there's something involving the multiverse and uh, in these shows, I, I keep thinking back to how good of a job in Loki that they did at laying the groundwork and laying the rules for how this all works and how you can have all these different versions of all these characters from from different timelines, even even if like you know like when when Doc Ock was confused about Norman 
supposed supposed to be dead uh, whenever he uh, appeared. That makes sense because of Loki, because you can pluck people of from the same timeline uh, in two different times, points in time, and put them together in the same uh, in the same room, yeah, uh, or in the same in the same reality. Yeah, the, the, so, it, it, there's been complaints about the multiverse stuff already being confusing, and of course, multiverse stuff can be confusing. But if you actually look at what they've laid out as the rules of time travel and what they laid out in Loki, they've been consistent. Like, it's, it, it's it been all pretty died. consistent, yeah. They, they may have stumbled a couple of times, I think, and, and you know, and, and the consistencies and, and, the, and a few plot holes here and there, but by and large, they've kept to the rules that they have set, which is... It appears the, the one big, big plot do. hole is that it's, it's supposed to have pulled people over that knew who Peter Parker was Spider-Man, but Electro never did in Spider- Amazing Spider-Man. I was, you know, I was thinking about this too, and I was like, I don't think Venom did at the end of uh, at the end well, of uh, in the post-credit scene either. Well, I think the idea of that is that Venom is connected to the Hive even across the multiverse, so he could have connected oh. with Topher Grace Venom to know about Peter Parker. <laughs> that's that's where I get that from. Um, okay. But otherwise, you could just but you could say maybe this was a slightly different timeline version of that electro, and one that did no. But that, but even then, he didn't. He, they never. Okay, so face. so here's here's one theory that has come out, and this is one thing that's fueling hashtag Amazing Spider Man three. It's this it's this concept that holds no water, but it's an interesting theory that the Amazing Spider Man Andrew Garfield Spider Man takes place in the same world as the Venom movies of Tom Hardy. Mm, right they could make that work if you think of that tonally and everything that would make oh, sense I, I think it would i think it'd make complete sense a lot more than having tom hardy's venom interact what if we just tom end up Holland. with multiple spider-mans <laughs> doing multiple what if we have spider-man 4 with toby mcguire amazing spider-man 3 in the venom verse crossover with that venom then we I mean, have tom holland back to already. like back to its roots spider-man I'm fine with it. It might some might say it's overkill, but I would I would watch all of it. <laughs> We're about to have three Batman in one year <laughs> with uh, Flashpoint and uh, and the Batman coming. Flashpoint, out Flashpoint, uh, uh, Flash Thompson's book, or uh... yeah, yeah, Flash. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be a slight little like look. We got to the multiverse stuff. First. We did it first. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it, it's not it's not impossible these days to to have all these different versions and apparently i used to be very against that but at this point like if it means keeping the tom holland mcu spider-man very like clean and crisp and like still being able to play with spider-man and in, in the sony universe like go have fun with it i'm all for it I'm still wondering what we see of this Venom thing. And I know Rems has to hop off in a minute here. So why don't we just uh, get close to wrapping up? But I'm curious your thoughts on the Venom thing. And then we can maybe give our ratings, which I assume will be fairly high. Uh, but I, I thought the Venom thing was interesting because they made it seem like he's going to interact with Tom Hardy's Venom. But Tom yeah. Hardy's Venom instead got drunk at a bar all the time, which with the whole time in Mexico, which is just a perf- actually perfect for the character that he just missed the whole movie because he was You're drinking. telling me a man in a tin suit would fly <laughs> around <laughs> um, and then disappeared, but left behind a little venom symbiote so somehow this has to be teasing that we're going to see that venom symbiote somehow i presume either end up on tom holland who will now be without his stark gadgets and everything back to back spider-man might be excited to get some symbiote powers or maybe he finds like the mcu tom hardy or the mcu eddie brock whether that's tom hardy or another guy who knows i mean i I can't see how they could use not tom hardy so so amy pascal over at sony who I, i call her like the donald trump of studio producer 
producers because she just <laughs> says things and she gets her way on everything, which I, I love her. Amy Pascal said that um, Tom Holland will be a main character in Venom 3. Hmm. So we but know that we're seeing. How are they going to do that? Are they going to hop a universe? Is someone going to hop a universe again? Yeah, I feel like I, don't I know. feel like that may change to Andrew Garfield after after this movie. Like maybe that was their it. original plan, but I could also see them, you know, uh, shifting uh, shifting gears a little bit. Everyone um, has to take has to take what that woman says with a grain of salt because yes. she said we were getting a new trilogy, and then she backtracked on that. But what they have confirmed is that we're getting one more Spider Man and the one more MCU crossover. And what they're going to do is they're going to do this contract per contract instead of doing bulk film contracts. So a long time ago, be an Avenger again. Hmm? Yeah, they kind of so, did away with that though. So a long time ago, like before even far from home, there was a lot of talks because this was uh, right around the time when it's like, if this makes a billion dollars, then, you know, Spider-Man secure in the MCU. And of course it did. And then, you know, everything happened. Um, but uh, there were talks about doing three sets of, of trilogies uh, with Tom, uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Um, and obviously the first one being set in high school, second one set in college, and then third one set in, in his adult life. Uh, and it seems like that's still the direction that they're trying to go with it. Um, which I would be very much in favor of. And as far as, as far as the symbiote goes, uh, I would absolutely, I would absolutely love like my, my personal wish list item to see how they, they take the story next is I would love to see, uh, in the next couple of movies at some point, uh, whether it be four or five, uh, he gets the black suit and then he, in his black suit, he goes up against, a Wilson Fisk uh, orchestrated Sinister Six. Oh, oh man, that's something right there. That would be metal. And then from there, we could get the uh, Matt Gargan Venom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scorpion. Matt Gargan, but not as Scorpion. So they could easily do that. I mean, we we could still get. I mean, obviously, I, I still want Scorpion to be to be a, a character, but it doesn't have to go. Matt to Gargan dress. could technically be Venom. That's what he just said. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, was, I was. I was. I was so zoning off for a second. I was well, like, wait a second. Wilson Fisk, Sister Six is freaking awesome. Especially yeah. if they do Thunderbolts. Whether they, maybe it's just Val the whole time. Maybe it's secretly Kingpin the whole time. Maybe it's Norman Osborn putting it together. That Thunderbolts mm-hmm. had Matt Gargan Venom, so they could just put the Venom suit of Matt Gargan to start, just to get this Venom into the MCU. I mean, there's so much they could do with it, and that's what I love about um, really a lot of these Phase Four projects, like even. The ones that, well, Falcon and Winter Soldier aside, I mean, all of them right, tease well, really, all, really interesting possibilities there. to come. Yeah, yeah. No, this this is honestly to me, this has felt like the true beginning of Phase Four. Like it, it I mean, like there are some of the, in, in a way, yeah. Like you've had some, of, you've had some of the, you know, the Disney Plus shows here and there that have been great. Like I, I love Loki. Um, what if was a lot of fun. Uh, Hawkeye has been a blast. Um, I really loved WandaVision. Um, but like in the movies, I mean, Shang-Chi was a lot of fun, but this, this to me was like where it actually began. Uh, and it feels like, you know, classic MCU Marvel to me. Uh, and that, that makes me very excited, especially with, with the next film being multiverse of madness coming out. 
Indeed. Which we got a trailer for as the second post credits. And the first one, of course, being the one where uh, Venom snaps away back to his universe, never having an- interacted with uh, with Peter Parker or Spider-Man. Uh, Ramzo, I know you got to take off. Why don't we give our ratings? What do we want to do? <laughs> Letters, number, stars, numbers. How do you want to do this one? 10. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. I, I, I think I am too, honestly, uh, <laughs> which is not often for me, but I, I just can't help but like feel a certain like warm heartedness uh, towards this film. This movie uh, made me cry. I, I want to be the curmudgeon time, so. so bad. I want to be the curmudgeon so bad and be like, well, it was kind of stupid how the, they did the spell and Peter interrupted. And really, Dr. Strange is really the villain here because he really shouldn't, shouldn't have let this kid fucking tell him what fucking spell to do. Um, there's a lot I could pick at. I mean, but you could do that with any movie. And the fact is, I loved this fucking movie and I really enjoyed it. And it was a fucking blast. And everyone in the theater was pop. I mean, it was fun yep. to be next to my wife who had no idea that Tobey Maguire was going to be in this movie. Not even a fucking clue. She screamed. And I was a little jealous. <laughs> like that I, I knew this months ago. Um, that's the only, I wish I could kind of wa- like wipe my mind before that. But even then I still felt it, you know, I still felt, yeah. Oh my God, it's fucking Toby. And, and youth pastor Toby, as I as always think of him. That was now. amazing. Um, how can I not join you guys here? I, I don't, it's the Christmas spirit. I don't want to be a, the real commercial right now as a fucking 10. This movie's amazing. Yeah, it's great. William Defoe is the MVP. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But everyone was great. Like everyone, there's not yeah. any, even than, Zendaya. Like I, I've been giving yeah, Zendaya a lot of shit. Like she actually did pretty good as MJ in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I completely as agree. MJ, not Mary great. Jane, which, which, yeah. which we'd hate her. All oh. right. Well, I think that's about it. Ramza's going to go watch it again. I might even go watch it again. I'm going to see what everybody's doing. Maybe I will too. But go see right. this movie. If you if you listen to this, obviously it, the title is spoiler review, so it's your fault if you got spoiled about anything. Go see it, even if you've been spoiled. It's amazing. You will enjoy go see it, it again. Yeah, go see it. It's again. amazing. Right. It's spectacular. It's ultimate. <laughs> the ten out of ten. It's all of it. All right, gentlemen. Adios. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.